So, Premier Jason Kenney is not very popular right now. Okay. We're talking Alberta politics. Yeah. Not popular at all. His own party seems to hate him. Okay. In fact, he had two sort of partial defections from his his party uh, in the form of like kind of a anti-lockdown rebellion. Yeah. Two of his MLAs. Do you think... Kenny's going down. Yeah, he's done. Like, um, I'm gonna. Yeah, the next, the next premier of Alberta is Rachel Notley. Right now, that seems like a very strong possibility. I'd make a wager. Now, I've I've lost wagers on Notley before. Um, because I I actually thought she was gonna beat Jason Kenny because I thought she was he was so fucking unlikable. No, but that's the thing. People don't really like Jason Kenney. He's like the classic sleazy politician. He's he's like everything about him is unappealing, really. He was basically the get rid of Notley vote. And getting rid of Notley was absolutely pivotal. And she should have never had a chance to come back ever. But Kenny is doing so poorly now that he's creating... Not only the chance that she comes back, but almost the inevitability she comes back. So what should he have done? In my opinion? Yeah. Starting, uh, let's say, October. I think it was, you know, like you saw people getting outside, getting some sunshine, getting some vitamin D. I mean, fuck telling people to get sleepy, right, and take vitamins and say your prayers, Hulkamania style. They'd be like, oh, just wear this mask, you'll be fine. Um, October comes around. What does Kenny do? I would have done what the Florida governor did a few months back. Pretty based. And basically he got, um, Gupta from Oxford and, uh, Kaldorf from Harvard and, uh, Bhattacharya from Stanford. And they did like a round table or like a, a kind of a press conference sort of thing. It was a few, like maybe, I don't know, two hours long, if I remember correctly. And surprisingly, it really seemed like um, the governor himself like was pretty on top of the issue. But anyway, uh, then the next day, they basically opened up the whole state. Okay. Open for business. Let's go. Come on back to Florida. And I think Kenny should have done something along those lines. Uh, whether politically you can fire Hinshaw or not, I'm speaking just purely in terms of politics. Uh, I think you could sell it because enough people can't stand Hinshaw. Yeah. Um, I have, I have and, a question. I have a question for you. You think she does Xanax? Oh, she's on I've, lithium I've, or something. Yeah, she's on something. No, she's like a a sick like. She's what I'd imagine a movie character of like a serial killer like psycho nanny that yeah. like kills your kids mm. or the psycho doctor that kills your kids. Just flat expressionless. I don't know if she's got like fucking no SSRI like issues. Like I, she just has something going on. It's kind of pleasing on the radio to hear her speak. I will have to say it's, you know, this week, 200 people have been added to the hospital. There are six people in the ICU. Like it's, she's like a GLaDOS kind of kind of voice and uh but like 
I, I, I think she's obnoxious. One. I think she's droning. <laughs> I think she's she comes across with <clears throat> no empathy whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so fake and contrived. I think she's a genuine sociopath. And I think it's only natural that a person like that would wind up in a position like that within the public health bureaucracy. Yeah. Uh, I think these are probably some of the sickest people in government. But Damn. I think um, like whether you fire her or not or just kind of diminish her influence. Um, How much influence do you think she actually has on Paul's? Like 99%. Are you sure? Yeah. I think everyone's terrified to do anything she doesn't say. That's not how it came across to me. That's not the vibe I picked up. They, but there's no transparency. Like he just. That's true. Well, um, so they finally put some metrics around some of their decisions, which I think is, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe a year past due. Um, like the part where you're like, oh, those numbers are too high. And I was like, well, what's too high? Give me the exact number. And they finally did that. I They might be, I don't know if other provinces have done that, but like that's at least measurable, definable, has a goal, has an end, has a, a metric that people are aware of other than your fucking opinion. But even then, um, they've created uh, an escape hatch. So just background, I guess, for listening. All of this has been, all these lockdown measures province by province have pretty much been entirely arbitrary and there's not been any clear standard made public as to why people do what they do it seems all very reactionary um now alberta and this is basically entirely due to the rural alberta restaurant and uh, salon rebellion um, that pushed the premier to mildly reduce some of the restrictions um now they're because one of the complaints has been total lack of transparency so now they've got this new system they're gonna follow yeah they might as well just grade them call them colors like they've been doing oh we're in an orange area <laughs> yeah so they've got this new system where it's um according to predetermined hospitalization numbers uh, they'll open up different sectors, but they've, it's, it's totally putting the shucks on the rubes because not only does the actual documentation on the website show that they may change restrictions when they hit a certain level, it's no guaranteed commitment or anything to do so. The government has said on TV repeatedly as if to diminish this great plan they've come up that other factors may result in um, more aggressive lockdowns. So they've created a lot of escape hatches where whatever they've put on paper, they've basically admitted they're not going to follow it at all if they don't want to. The government uh, of Canada cannot help but build in a notwithstanding clause to absolutely everything. Well... Yeah, like this is uh, even just the Public Health Act gives the chief medical officer in Alberta a tremendous amount of power. In fact, she's probably the most powerful person in the province at the moment. But, well. 
So what what about Shandros? What do you think of that fucking guy? He, he's he's a buffoon. He hasn't demonstrated that he's anything more than a midwit. As I, they I've say. never seen anyone suffer from backfiring guys like that guy. No, he's uh, he's pretty bad. No one seems to like him. Yeah. There's just no. Sheer and Kenny are cousins, and Shandros is the kid that lives down the block that hangs out with them. And they just all look like a, a crew of fucking little jerk teenagers. Yeah. Like, like they're just kids you want to stuff like some in. some crew that no one likes in the yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. They're, uh, <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan. He's, there's just something about him. Uh, there's, there's no other way to put it. So, so anyway, kind of to bring it back to this, uh, uh, what we were saying. I mean, there's the political angle. There's also this sort of um, uh, how that interplays with the whole lockdown situation. They've basically still got it set up that they don't have any standard by which they would just lift everything. And there's no commitment that they would ever do that because there's this continuing tendency to keep moving the goalposts on what the tasks are. And nothing drives that point home more than the old slogan uh two weeks to flatten the curve it can just go on forever and ever i remember bringing that up it's entirely arbitrary i remember bringing that up in the fall to somebody and they're like no one ever said that no one ever said two weeks to flatten the curve well it's been the curve no it's flattened you misheard i said it's been the curve Wagey. Now get back in your cage. Well, do, do what we tell you. Whatever. But they've changed the goalposts yeah. over and over. First it was the two weeks to flatten the curve so the hospitals don't blow up. Then so we wait till the vaccine happens. Then in some places it's like no one can ever die again. COVID zero is a serious thing. You can just go type it in to a search and boom covid zero is a genuine proposition that a lot of people put forward seriously it's insane um but all this arbitrariness uh they're just making everything up as they go along politically i think i think you're gonna lose support on one side or another but uh i think kenny should pander to quote his side but he's got friends He's got friends that died of this, Clayton, insensitive prick. He's got real life friends that he hasn't made up. Got very, very sick. It's a serious disease, people. Now, I don't want to do this. No one likes having their freedom stripped from them, but I've got to do it. Well, that's what he said the other day. Yeah. He got up on that press conference and somebody was asking about all this criticism and such he's been getting. And he says, oh, there'd be mountains of corpses in McMahon's stadium if it wasn't for me. And, oh, I know these these ideas are unpopular, but uh, so many more people would have died. He brought up the South Dakota example. He says, look at South Dakota. They don't have any lockdowns and more people have died there than in Alberta. And he thinks this is a big knockdown argument, but... I mean, he's just wrong. Uh, you don't compare Alberta to South Dakota. Um, what you do is you should compare South Dakota to North Dakota. Hmm. And you don't get a lot of um, laboratory-type situations in the social sciences. Sometimes you get lucky and you've got like an East-West Germany kind of thing. 
Um, pretty valid to make comparisons there. North Dakota, South Dakota, that's not too bad. So you can make a pretty interesting comparison there. And in fact, it shows why the South Dakota example proves that Kinney is wrong. Because North Dakota, its neighbor, had restrictions. It had the whole shebang. Business closures, restrictions, mask mandates, yada, yada. South Dakota did not. The curves are the same. If you looked at them on the same graph and they were unlabeled, you'd never be able to guess which one was which. And that's the same case everywhere. The curve is always the same. So what happens is the lockdown gives you nothing. People are going to die either way. The government is not powerful enough to stop the virus. It's going to do its thing. So the lockdowns don't get you anything other than massive collateral damage. So that being said, no politician can easily admit this, but you have to admit that it's you can't deal with it and you, or you can't make it go away. You just got to deal with it. And I think you can sell it because, because Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, where she got up on TV like every day basically and said, we trust our people. We respect freedom. We're not going to close down our economy. She's very popular. Yeah. Widely criticized as a total failure. So is Robert Ford. North Dakota is no better. It's basically the same. Their deaths per 100,000 are within like single digits. Yeah. Their hospitalizations and their case curves are basically the same. So she's not a failure. She did the right thing. And as far as I can understand, she's actually popular because of it. Uh, I, I again the uh, the 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 Ford example uh, in Quebec. Uh, there was a guy given a uh, fifteen hundred dollar fine for violating curfew because he insane. Dec- he decided he wanted to go outside for a walk by himself at night. Fifteen hundred dollars. Insane. Absolutely insane. I hope in 50 years when we tell kids these stories, they think we're making shit up because it's so insane. Uh, that, but the premier, uh, you know, clearly his head's not on a fucking pike. No. Um, and the Quebec, you think Albertans, Albertans like the bitch about freedom. Quebecers seem to take that shit a little more seriously. Do they, though? They love this stuff. I, you have an entire northern half of that fucking province that will not tolerate that shit. Like, they don't fucking play. Well, it's it's a different story here in rural Alberta, too. Very different than yeah. the urban environments, and I think that's pretty normal for the most part across the country. Urban populations are just more neurotic and there is a partisan aspect to it so uh the more lockdown oriented uh groups tend to be more left-leaning um and that tends to be more concentrated in cities and so on and so forth but yeah things aren't good for kenny but there is a lot of like stuff turning against some of the lockdown stuff but kenny's that's not his only problem i don't think he's i don't think he's bending the rural alberta 
I really don't. Oh, yeah, he is. Because he won't kick these people out of the caucus because of rural Alberta. But the lockdown thing isn't his only problem, of course. Go on. He's got two other big issues that are plaguing <laughs> him. That face. Keystone got busted. <laughs> so He's the big done. pipeline, Keystone Excel, that he put $1.5 billion equity investment into taxpayer money and all these loan guarantees i don't know where that's at because that, they might not need the, all the that the actual equity right? was a couple million bucks and the rest were loan it was 1.5 billion the total was like 6 billion or so yeah and but a lot of it was loan guarantees so if there's no, no pipeline know, no credit more. line yeah. to guarantee or if it's not tapped out or whatever maybe it's not uh the full commitment but uh so that's pretty bad and Kenny just looks stupid. But one thing, well, you're you're in the oil industry. What's his recourse? Well, there's nothing he can do. Not a fucking but thing. But these companies, so he what a lot a- of people don't understand is like, oh, why? The U.S. is uh, energy independent. Why would it want Canadian oil anyway? Because it's cheap. And it doesn't work that way. It's oil chemistry. There are Gulf Coast refineries that are basically rigged up to process this exact kind of stuff that they otherwise get from Venezuela and Mexico. But they don't get as much as, of that as they used to. They want the Canadian stuff. They need to pump it down there to those refineries. Then we get it to other markets and we get a better price. So it's it's good. But the Americans want it as well. And now you have to think about, there's a lot of projects dedicated to getting more oil down there. Um, now you're in the oil industry. Uh, are you familiar with the cap line? No. Okay, so there's just all these things going on that people don't really know about. So it's, cap it, line's a big one. It's not been a big commodity. Uh, granted, the company I was at was mostly gas. Um, I know, but just... Um, I think maybe I, 0.1% of our production was was uh, oil. The rest was just condensates and liquids. But I'm just... Uh, I only say that to be like, you're kind of in the scene at all. Yeah. Um, obviously you know what Keystone Excel is, but of course you've never heard of the cap line. Never heard of cap. I, I've yet to meet, I've met one other person who knows what this is. Yeah. So the cap line used to pump from Louisiana up into the American Midwest. So it was a northbound pipeline. Mm -hmm. It was the biggest one in America. That market is pretty much saturated because there's so much oil production. They don't need to get it into the Midwest. They need to get it out to ports. So the cap line reversal is a big project that's underway right now. It's going to be like a million barrels a day. And the heavy crude service is going to be on in 2022. And that's going to be like 500,000 barrels of Canadian oil going down to Louisiana ports to get these refineries and other markets. And there's other stuff going on too, like projects in uh, Montana and stuff. Like, this stuff is going to get down there one way or another. But the cap line thing, which people don't know about, that's going to be online. That's going to increase capacity. That takes a lot of the bite out of Keystone Excel. Like, life doesn't depend on that. Now, of course, that doesn't mean, like, obviously, Northern Gateway should still happen. And all yeah, those cl- all those big epic projects um, in terms of just the oil of it, uh, like the oil market aspect. All that should still happen. 
but it's not. It's kiboshed. But, Keystone, the, but they still even... need to get the oil to better markets. Like, that's still happening. The market's still working to make that happen. Anybody who um, is not... <clears throat> the reason why there's a an issue, like a, a price comparison between WTI and Brent is not just a, uh, you know... Uh, it's in American dollars versus Canadian dollars, and uh, it costs X dollars per kilometer to get oil from A to B. And there's X groups that have a certain percentage of pipeline uh, reserved capacity and surge capacity, etc. It's it's just so fucking cheap. And it, the harder you can just ride the shit out of Canada's resources... Uh, like the better for you. Like we're being taken advantage of very hard and we're, we've got, there's no other game. There's, there's nowhere to take it, nothing to do with it. So we have to put it down there. We can't refine it ourselves. We can't take it to market. We can't put it on a boat. It took the largest company in the world. No, we've embargoed ourselves. It took the largest company in the world plus two other huge multinationals, plus five state-owned oil companies to make one LNG facility happen. One. Yeah, it's insane. And Canada's so far behind on all that. But, I mean, the Coastal Gas Link is a huge deal. And they need to fill that thing with a hell of a lot of gas over the next several years. And that's a lot of production that's got to happen. Uh, so a lot of people are pretty anxious about uh, Russia's moves uh, when it comes to gas. Um, sp- like if because they're there's they built, I think, 10 uh, just giant fucking liners in, in the past year uh, and their LNG capacity. I mean, they're going to get they're going to get all this shit to China. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. That's who we're competing with. Yeah. We were competing with Russia for China. And that's the the only chance we got to actually... Because there, there's... Once you make a, a make it liquid, there's not a lot more you can do with it. Can't turn it into some other thing, um, you know, easily and then sell that. So uh, that's about as much upgrading as you can get done in this country for... Uh, and so, and that's what you ship. So it's, it's amazing that, you know, it's just logistics that doesn't make them just ship out the gas raw. Like it's almost like pulling teeth to get companies to add value to products in this country. Oh, it's, 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 it's like that in the whole country. Like the only time there's ever any big announcement of something happening, you, you dig below the headline and the company's always getting some huge subsidy um, and not just like a tax break for X number of years. Like they're just getting money from Cash. the federal government and the provincial government, often in some mixture. But I mean, even even here in Alberta, they've uh, a lot of announcements recently have been 
um, related to some kind of welfare project or some grant, like corporate welfare deal. Yeah. Uh, they never call it that, obviously. It's always some, you know, clean tech grant Initiative. or like uh, Alberta Innovates grant yeah. or that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a, well, what else are you going like, to, I've heard a lot of ideas. Um, what does Alberta do? Let's just say it's, look, you lost. Okay. Uh, the engine of Canadian uh, finances and equalization is now purely in the hands of Toronto and the financial processing sector. Uh, so just, just Kenda is nothing but real estate, uh, raw materials that don't include oil and gas, <laughs> and uh, financial instruments, basically moving stuff around on a spreadsheet. What what does Alberta do? Well, nothing. So yeah, big petroleum producer, which is should be awesome. Uh, big agriculture. Okay, um, so so agritech is a bit is of the a logistical yeah. hub in some regards. Um, there, I don't know. Like I could pull up the chart, but uh, uh, I, I meant it construction, as a... forestry. There's some different stuff. A lot of it is natural resource based. Yeah what should be the policies within the province uh, to uh, move forward in the next five years in terms of sector development? There should be no policies about sector development. They can't do that. They literally will fucking eat their own face before no. they have some kind of initiative. I'm telling you, dude. No, all they should do, they obviously, <laughs> is... Cut all the taxes. Cut the taxes. And just let it pour in. Okay. And then and the, we can figure it out. Thank you very much. All right. I don't want some bureaucrat or politician deciding how our economy should be diversified and what sectors we should focus on. I think that's like the least high on our priorities. Um, but yeah, if you want, if your biggest industry is dead, just say it's politically been murdered totally dead um you're talking almost 20 percent of the alberta economy yeah it's not as high as people think it's not like 90 percent or anything it's uh it's under 20 percent. i believe it's 17 or something so you place that well that is huge that is beyond the scope of anything you're gonna fix unless capital just pours in to fill the void and to get that much capital to pour in, you have to be willing to become the most capital friendly, business friendly, investment friendly jurisdiction on the planet. They only understand business friendly as a Keynesian. So <clears throat> they're at the ice cream bar and they've got all these flavors in front of them. And they're like, I'll just turn the tap that well, makes not, that that makes this sector. No, happen. what they want to do is like Kenny's had all these tech related announcements. Oh, we're getting tech investments, and yeah, um, you you know, if you think of, just think very, somewhat broad, in broad strokes, and think, um, maybe that's not what you want. Uh, people talk about like big tech and deep tech and its biases and the type of people who work for tech companies. Do you really want those people filling up Calgary? Personally, they I They already don't. do, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? 
Take a look at our. Yeah, we well, don't take- need more. So no, but the thing is, that's take- what they're all about. They're like, oh, we'll become a tech hub, blah blah blah. No, just cut the taxes, and let's let, see let what it rock. happens. Let it rock. The money will come. Just cut the taxes. <laughs> is, uh, I'm talking corporate income tax. Cut it to one percent. Personal income tax. Cut it to one percent. And if you're poor, you pay 0%. There's your progressive income tax. So <laughs> throw a bone to the leftists. How? Uh, what's your definition of poor in that scenario? Under under $75,000 a year. <laughs> that's, that, dude, that's a good living. That's not a bad living. That's comfy. But the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. I wonder why. So you got to have progressive income tax. Oh, that's right. Maybe, uh, <clears throat> no, but remember, we should let them... I, I said there's two problems Kenny's got right <laughs> now. Did, so what? we talked about Keystone. It's, it's fucked. I thought I already pointed out it. economic he's, he's that ties that... into the general economic problem, but there's a third problem. He's got that face. No, no. It's this whole federalism versus like independence <sighs> thing. And it's tearing him apart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he can't, he what do you think his stance, like uh, his his stance on either side is? Okay, well, let me ask you this, which okay. is maybe a sneaky way to kind of answer the question. Okay, do you think he wants to be prime minister? Yes. Okay, Badly. so do you think him wanting to be prime minister affects what his position is on that issue? Uh, do you think you can be prime minister if you're trying to like? pull one of the provinces out i think if you're uh or rewrite the country's rules to give one province that isn't necessarily popular like canadians don't hate each other but in terms of relative animosity alberta has like among the highest negative score second only to quebec i believe that's correct a lot of people have a beef with quebec yeah they should well I, look, if I was Quebecois, I fucking. I went it. to uh, I'd tell you Montreal to... for the first time uh, a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, their food is really good. Quebec their food is cheap. Yeah, like the food at the uh, at the restaurants and pubs. Yeah, seems like a lot cheaper than here, and quite good. It's they have actual food production out there. Where do you think you get your cheese, buddy? From the dairy uh from the safeway supply chain managed dairy cartel of canada <laughs> <laughs> the same one that sunk poor poor bernier but so that's the third one that's ripping up kenny what was the first one i don't even remember that face he's walking around with the second one was economics and keystone <laughs> the first was was keystone the first uh, first one was not applying to his base uh oh yeah lockdown stuff is tearing yeah. him apart yeah so yeah this third one is again an issue where he's not pandering to his base. You think he's gonna pull and it's this fair deal stuff. You know, you know, all we've gotten on the fair deal issue so far? What? The big announcement a few weeks ago? No. An Alberta parole board. What? Oh, yeah, exactly. What? That wasn't, no one cares. That wasn't even in the recommendations. No. We went through every recommendation. Every single one, top to bottom. Like, we're acting on the fair deal initiative. He did not mention the the prison system. I was once. surprised when I heard about it. Like, 
Okay, whatever. We got a, a parole, parole board. board. Uh, okay. Is an end? Did anybody have a problem with it to begin with? I don't know. I literally don't know why it was important. I don't know enough about how the parole board used to work, and I don't know what the difference is, so it's basically something I can't comment on at all other than who gives a shit. Yeah. So he's not doing anything on any of that stuff. Now, there is the plebiscite or referendum coming up this year with the municipal elections. And then she's still butthurt about that. Uh, and then she doesn't like it, no. But we should have our own. We man. don't know what the question's going to be. <laughs> but okay. Normally, when the state wants you to do something, they have some goddamn set of ads. Like, uh, have you seen the? I sent you the ones for the Alberta government. Uh, COVID, COVID's visiting for the holidays. When they they dress some guy in some kind of like germ outfit and yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's they're like, oh, it's quirky. Um. But like, um, <clears throat> they there hasn't been a lot of state-based propaganda as to how how they want me to vote. Do do you know what I'm saying? Well, they're like, hey, don't, I, don't I you think want you want to fuck it up as much as they can? Okay, I don't think Kenny really his heart absolutely is not in it. And it'll be a smashing. There has to be thing. major pressure. So did you see what was it last week? Drew Barnes. Yeah. Who's sort of the. He's a lad. He's kind of the thorn in the side of Kenny on now the lockdown <laughs> stuff. <laughs> he's but Kenny's also, Bildebrand. Yeah. Kenny would love to get rid of him, but I don't think they can. Um, but yeah, Barnes is kind of the guy pushing. He wrote the contrary fair deal report like yeah. the you know what do they call it in when there's a judge's decision oh the a dissenting opinion or whatever yeah or the minority report or, or something i don't know animal. something like that you yeah. know what i mean yeah he he wrote like the uh his own version yeah and he said like the fair deal panel recommendations like don't go nearly far enough like that kind of stuff so he's kind of he was on that fucking panel he was on the panel and that's why he wrote the dissenting report he could have i don't know put it in the fucking report well, I think he was part of the original one, but... What? Uh, so you're telling me there was a panel put together that he had no input on their directions? And he was on that panel? I don't know how he it was works. on the fucking panel. I don't know how it works. That they, is like starting... That is like... They probably... Okay, imagine... imagine like you saw that report. It's so full of stupid shit. I understand, but he's on that fucking board that put that report together. Which is why he put out the alternative report well then probably because he thought the main report was shit okay but he, it's his work it like we don't know how much of his work is in that one other i mean why why didn't everyone put out a dissenting report maybe because they haven't positioned themselves as a fucking lad or or you know when uh judges <clears throat> issue their decisions like supreme court and there was and, two two mlas on there i think two other mlas yeah, I think there's three total. Yeah, and they just wanted to, like, fuck it, just hammer a paycheck. Yeah. I consulted with my constituents. Yeah, this all looks good. Yeah, but anyway, Barnes the other day, uh, or a week or two ago. I don't buy it. He said, um, 
they should attach an independence referendum to the 2023 uh, provincial election. And Kenny's like, no, you can't do that. He literally said that because he knew it would never happen. Uh, no, it puts he's, Kenny in a bad spot because now Kenny has to respond and he's like, he doesn't oh, have to respond to shit, dude. Dude, what are you talking about? Of course he does. He doesn't You're just to. being pointlessly argumentative. Of course he does. I am not giving Barnes the benefit of the doubt is what I'm saying. I don't understand what you're saying. I, I think that he's just a, another fucking politician. They're all fucking politicians. But like. It, going, That's not go, the point. Going around and of course shitting. they're all politicians. They're all lying, stupid, shitty scumbags. They all are. The point is, politics still moves things around a little bit, and sometimes a shithead can be on your side on a particular issue. They're all scumbags. I just find it weird that he he was involved the, with the report, yet somehow I, I don't know. I, I just can't get past it. I have difficulty because it's just like, look, dude, you put your fucking name on it. I don't know. I guess. I don't know what to say. It's by committee, I guess. You know, I, if I had to be fair. He could have not put out the alternative report. He could have easily. And maybe, so what does he lose by not putting it out? Does it really, does Kenny really have to respond to that though? Obviously. I, I, don't know how it's a question if someone in your party basically goes publicly and says attach this like outrageously provocative uh referendum onto the provincial election uh yeah you're gonna have to respond to it he's just gonna say he's entitled to his opinion well that's what he was forced to say but only after he first said um he basically chastises him and he's like, oh, it's part of our party, you know, principles to uh, support federalism and not independence and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, so you're going to like do anything about it? He's like, no, 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 won't do anything about it. We expect them to share their opinions. And maybe this gonna- is a huge weak spot for Kenny. He can't win because he wants to be the prime minister. But all that's going up in smoke. So if I was him, I'd just go fucking like Blitzkrieg. Do you know what I would do? I'd go get uh, whoever that white nationalist is that gave money to Sloan, give him to give a contribution, uh, just tuck it in there into a, a bunch for fucking Barnes, and then just be like, hey, guys, come over here. This guy's a white nationalist. Get him. Oh, yeah. Get out of the party, you fucking white nationalist scum. <laughs> the You just have to... Uh... Submit donations from bad people to people. Yeah, it, one you and don't take even, them out. Yeah, so you you just got to do a distributed. So you get together like ten grand, right? Uh, you just send them from a bunch of different post offices under some bullshit names, just to uh, money orders. But get this one white nationalist, or or better yet, maybe a proud boy. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're even worse, maybe. And uh, get him to give him money. And then just it just sneaks in there. And then about six months later, you'd be like, you took money from fucking, from this white nationalist. Are you a white nationalist sympathizer? Yeah. How is no, Kenny... take ra- anyone down. How has Kenny... Everyone's ra- terrified of being associated with anyone uh, 
uh, unsavory like that. So do you think Kenny has risen to the position that he's in by being uh, careful and prudent or by being like vicious behind the scenes? Uh, well, I think he's like a probably smart politician who's like a few steps ahead of uh, some of his enemies. And um, obviously he? he's good at wielding power in the sense that his current position at least appears to show that he's known how to put himself in the right place at the right time and make the right deals and everything. So I don't know. Like I, I assume everything's got dirty deals going on. Yeah. I just, I, I have difficult. I have difficulty seeing him as like a prudent and cautious and enterprising and savvy man. Cause based on his current actions, or these uh, clearly these three problems that you've outlined, which are, you know, they're doozies. Um, how is he where he is? Is it just because like everyone else is so stupid that I think that I think in runs a, in that circle that he just is the cream? No, I think it's in a way perhaps just reflective of a more general trend which is and I don't really consider Kenny to be a right wing politician um, but the perception of someone like him is like oh he's right wing or he's a conservative and I think a lot of conservatives especially kind of weaselly always apologizing Canadian ones um, are having a really hard time right now because they're terrified of people saying bad things about them. They're terrified of the CBC saying bad things about them. They're terrified of being, um, y- you know, labeled with all the dirty things that go with uh, right-wing association. Um, and I think Kenny's, like, absolutely fallen into that trap. Now, he's just doesn't, he can't stand up for himself anymore. And Mm. he just comes across as weak and pathetic all the time, whether he's talking to Trudeau, whether he's talking about Keystone XL getting uh, shut down, whether he's uh, standing up to criticism or questions about his lockdown policies. He just sounds totally pathetic and no confidence in anything he's doing. And I think that's a general problem with a lot of people on the right nowadays. They just don't really stand up for right wing or actually conservative positions. Do you think Donald Trump was right wing? Mm, I think he's like a big, he's like a New York social Democrat. He's a business then. I think he's just, he's definitely rougher. Yeah. Um, He's a lot more like kind of a, I don't know blue collarish style um or maybe that's not the right way to characterize it but he's just not a traditional politician obviously yeah but he he never really talked about a lot of like really right-wing positions in my view yeah. uh he was i think a lot of what's associated with right wing was kind of like classism because he was kind of like a buffoon 
and kind of said some kind of like dumb things. Did you watch? Uh, are you familiar with the YouTuber uh, Emp Lemon? E M P Lemon. Who? Emp uh, Lemon. Uh, he, <clears throat> he made this masterpiece. I think it's. It's about 35 minutes long. Uh, it was just called Meme Theory, how Donald Trump used memes to oh, become yeah, yeah. president. You've seen that? Oh, yeah. It's brilliant. I think it's one of the most crucial kind of analyses ever. But uh, he, I, th I thought it was a brilliant analysis as well. And it's very, um, like, it seems to come at it from kind of a neutral perspective. I think there's a few giveaways that uh, of what the person's political orientation is. But he doesn't um, doesn't seem to color the analysis much. It's very straightforward and makes a very good argument. And I think it really shows that Paul, in some ways, Donald Trump was an absolutely brilliant politician. But it seemed like, and I mean, that's not a good thing. Like being a good politician is not a good quality people should have. But you have to admire Trudeau. In some I think ways. he's a good politician. God and damn. again, that's not a compliment. <laughs> he well, shouldn't be a good politician, but I think he's a weird left-wing populist. Yeah. And I think he sells it very well in a way that I personally find creepy, unsettling, and objectionable. But I hate to say it. i got to acknowledge the truth. A lot of people are into it. Yeah. Do you think that, um, do you find him deplorable as a person, though? I guess it depends what you mean by as a person. Like, outside of being a politician, like, do you think he's just a garbage person? Like, do you, do you look at him and be like, you know what? I, I think this is all grift for you. I think that the Trudeau Foundation has somehow magically quadrupled in donations. And you just so happen to be still sitting on that board. Uh, your buddies uh, are making out like bandits. Well, I think you kind of have to be a bad person to get into a position like that. Mm. Because what are you good at to rise to the top of politics? Mm. You have to be good at wielding power, manipulating people, and lying to people. You're going to have some good hair. Well, usually you don't need good hair. But I think we're moving <laughs> into a stage where people are going to be liking younger politicians. And they're kind of becoming this weird celebrity class almost. Where, like, think of, think of uh, the Pierre guy. Um, Polyev? Yeah, who just got the boot from his position Weapon. in the federal conservative, uh, like, shadow cabinet. Yeah. Opposition cabinet. And... They moved him back um, to his old position. He was the most popular guy, and he was kind of younger. But I think... Maybe I'm just, you know, speaking from experience, but it seems like there's this growing shift away from... Uh, like old wise people. I'm not saying politicians are wise, but yeah. wisdom kind of comes with age more. Yeah. And now it seems like it's this weird, like internet, Twitter, celebrity politician thing. Mm. I think people have always wanted sound bites, but I, I, um, I think there's something about the person who makes a principled uh, stand. I, I think there's a reason why uh, people always really liked Ron Paul uh, deep down. Um, yeah, well, Ron Paul was a pretty interesting um, interesting person as a politician, I mean. And and to a lesser extent, Rand, but like um, 
I think they just want somebody that isn't a backslipping kind of mealy mouth fucking bitch. Like they just they they want someone who does not who who has a set of principles and maintains them. Well, that's what Obama was supposed to be, too. He was supposed to be, like, the non-establishment guy. Isn't that exactly what he did? He was kind of the well, establishment guy, but that sounds like the Trump. perception is that he's kind of like... Everyone always wants to be the outsider. Like, even John McCain, remember, he's like, I'm the maverick. Yeah, the Straight Talk Express. <laughs> John McCain. Dude, what a fuck. Remember John McCain? We were talking earlier, though, about... Um, you know, like, is Trudeau a good politician? Yeah. And then is, or before that, is, is he Trump a-, a good politician? And I think Trump basically was, like, in in a lot of ways a brilliant p- politician because partly because of uh, the argument in that meme video, how he used memes to win. Yeah. But I wonder sometimes, um, uh, remember Steve Bannon, who's kind of like a grifter crook now or whatever he's being prosecuted for like fraud or something uh, i don't know he was pardoned he was pardoned first of all oh yeah before the trial but the other three guys weren't (laughs) okay uh yeah okay but but anyway do you think steve bannon was like because he was involved in that campaign and kind of like the three main ideas that i think were trump's main selling features do you think bannon was like the bulk of the genius behind like Trump as a politician. Hey, based on that video, I have to say no. However, um, I think that Bannon, uh, had his finger on the pulse at that time. Uh, I think he's a bit of a, he's a bit sketchy. Uh, he seems like the kind of guy that, you know, you run into at 3am doing Coke, you know, like he's, he's just, um, like he's just, He's smart, but like I, I think I, he's yeah, he's a bit of a yeah. he's a weird character. Like, like you want to call this guy a kook, but like there's... he's yeah, he's pretty strange. But so that makes so then let me bring the conversation back forward again to Trudeau. So do you think, say for the sake of argument, like someone like Bannon or some other people or whatever, say they're the brains behind Trump uh-huh. um, as a politician, and maybe that's true because he did seem to become almost less politically competent over time. Maybe I'm just, maybe that's just my interpretation. But so now think of Trudeau. Does Trudeau have people that make the Trudeau? We know Trudeau is an actor. Yep. And you can see that he's like always performing. In my opinion, it's like pretty obvious. He's like laying it on thick. Clearly a master of his craft. (laughs) (laughs) No, he seems like, like a tear, like a B movie actor. Ronald Reagan, maybe. Right. Uh, well, Uh I don't know. Uh Pretty different styles, but maybe, well, people, you know, people always say, uh, politics is like show business for ugly people. That's true. Reagan was a fucking man. He was a a, a good looking dude in the in the sixties. I kind of forget. He seemed like regular dude. Yeah, he was put together. Yeah, you see him smoking cigarettes, wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah, that's getting pretty it done. Cool. He's like, "Fuck yeah, lady, what's up?" But so, pow, what's up? Like Trudeau is Trudeau like a nutcase that's totally running the show? No, I think he is. Or is he a total bumbling idiot who's just being like steered around? 
I think he's kind of like, you know how in movies or, or like you get this impression about this idea of the moneyed liberal. Yeah. The limousine liberal. Yeah. So he's the classic limousine liberal. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's like uh, buying canned air and, um, he only buys organic. Like he gets very upset if his utensils aren't wood based instead of, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's got this set of principles that he thinks that by adhering to them, he'll, he'll save the world. But he also really fucking loves money. You know what I mean? And, and so he doesn't, he, he thinks that doing the right thing, um, in a given situation is not necessarily like is the principle in itself. So it's not derived from principles. It is the principles. He's chaotic good for lack of a term, right? And people want fucking lawful good. They want a guy, you know, that's why they like Polyev. They're like, yeah, go shit on those fucking guys. They fucked up. You know, I, you're also a scumbag, but also you're our scumbag. You're our shitty lawyer. Now go be a scumbag. Yeah. And that's what you're supposed to do. Well, and, uh, it kind of goes back to that, uh, thing I said earlier about how anyone kind of perceived to be conservative or associated with the right, like the right itself is becoming like a toxic term. Um, but they're just terrified of, they're always conceding everything because they're terrified of bad things being said about them. And it seems like the people going after them don't really worry about that as much. Like they're incredibly aggressive, seem quite nasty. Did you, um... Do you end up watching, have you watched any of the new discourses, uh, talks? I don't believe so. They're really good. So he just did a four parter on Herbert Marcuse Marcuse and his, uh, essay, uh, repressive tolerance. And his assertion is that this is exactly what we're seeing right now where the, I, so the con like the paradox of tolerance, right? Which is an old uh, fucking, oh, Hop quotes him all the time. Uh, Popper. Yeah. It's an old Popper thing. And so this, uh, Marcuse's answer to this um, was like, uh, yeah, you, you have to let the left do whatever the fuck they want. Because it's in the direction of progress. And anything that is right wing is, is, is bad. So in order to have any progress, we must practice repressive tolerance in these things so that's why any populist like the the closest you can get to right-wing anything is populism because like and so you have to break down conservative into all these like subsections and it's very clear the delineation between liberal and leftist right it's it's pretty easy line to draw um but you have uh conservative and what where where's the further to the right than these people that are tolerated in kind of normal society further to the right it's yeah. like 
I don't know. There's all kinds of categories for uh, the counter-revolutionary groups. Um, but, I mean, there's kind of the, the answer is traditional fascist. religious version. The answer is fascist. Yeah, there's fa- fascist is a product of the right. It's... Um, um, but I don't think that's necessarily the one point. Like there seems to be this divergence as you go right, whereas the left converges on kind of a single egalitarian point. There's almost like these different variations of the anti-egalitarian position on to the right. Um, so that can be in kind of like a religious or traditional sense. Or it could be like ethnic or racial sense, or it could be um, um, different kinds of hierarchy, I guess. Um, but that's a horrible answer. I don't know. Well, do you? I yeah, like I think we both agree it's complicated, but. I, I just don't, I, I think somebody who's a quote unquote liberal, which is believes in, you know, Lockean and liberal theory. Um, they, they're just like, oh, those are business stems or whatever the fuck they want to call them. And I have these proper leftists that they're like, oh, all these things are human rights and should be free. And then it gets really, really close to these hardcore socialists. And then we have Marxists and communists and the communist to liberal go like kind of gulf is huge and then to the right of that spectrum as far as we can understand like there's no nuance to right-wing anything uh in in common parlance because they just don't really exist as a faction with with an asserted set of policies on what they think is right so you end up with conservative groups that are like oh well i'm a socially conservative or I'm fiscally conservative or all these other silly things that are delineations within that group. They don't just go, I don't fucking believe that. I believe this. Right. Well, some of them, I I mean, I think depending on kind of the category, like there seems to be these, um, quite a range of possibility as to how the right manifests. Whereas, um okay in in canadian politics can you find me a right uh a right centrist or a a left-leaning uh you know conservative as an example someone who's closer to the middle someone's a little more a little bit of a little bit of a lefty for a fucking conservative party guy lefty like i don't really know aren't they all basically what we would call left parties. Yeah. They're like liberal. They're, they're still liberals in, in their policies. So who's the most hardcore right, you know, right of center member of the Canadian conservative party. Who's the Jacob Reese mog of fucking. I honestly don't know. Yeah. They don't exist. I, yeah, I don't think they exist. They are pretty much indistinguishable from the liberal party of Canada. You have people that are like, Oh, well, cause like there's a, maybe that's what Sloan was about. He's like, well, I'm not an abortion guy. I don't, I don't believe in abortion. 
I believe that that's murdering babies and that's it. Because I have a religious foundation for it or something like that. And that's as far right as we can go. I think. And he gets turfed. He gets he gets the axe. He's got to go. He's got to get out of this party, this conservative party that is the only right side party of of Canada. He's got to go because uh, he's a racist. <laughs> he's a filthy racist, an avowed white nationalist with ties to white nationalists, known avowed white nationalists. And I'm pretty sure I saw Proud Boy flags in one of his Zoom calls. And uh, I think uh, I think he's read Mein Kampf, probably. It's forbidden knowledge. And uh, I think he, that's as far as you can go. Like, the, the furthest you can go on the right is, I think you're killing babies. I mean, in terms of the over, like, I guess maybe I'll frame it as an Overton would know, but like. What are we talking about in Canada then? Maybe I misunderstood the original I, I guess question. I'm just saying that the, the paradigm on, it just seems like there's a nice big uh, fucking color gradient for explaining left-leaning politics, and there's just this fucking, uh, you know, monochrome for fucking right, where it's just like, uh, he's kind of conservative, or he's a fucking fascist. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, do you, as you understand it, because for some reason, people who avow themselves as right in politics seem to enjoy the idea of like corporate handouts like they fucking love it like they're like yeah i'm i'm a super hardcore conservative you're not going to change me trudeau you're like hey i'm going to give a a fucking billion dollars to this bank and he's like oh we got to save this bank you got to do it think of all the jobs you just saved i'm i'm for this bailout they fucking love it. They're like, hey, should we give Husky a million dollars? And people, on the, there's, there's died in the wool, Berta conservatives that are just like, yeah, good, good call. Well, people loved, uh, a lot of people were, uh, pretty happy about the, uh, it, Kenny investment in Keystone XL. It's, it's going to create jobs. Yeah. Well, jobs should not be the priority. That's a pretty easy bet though. I mean, politically. Like, let's go back three, four years. Would you roll the... I'd, I'd roll those dice. For fucking sure, I'd roll those dice. Are you kidding well, me? If, um... Think about the unionized pipe fitters of fucking South Dakota. I mean, I bet if, uh... Notley had bought Trans Mountain, for example, I bet you, unfortunately, it would have gone over well with a lot of people. On the right... Yeah, well, you in think, general. Yeah, and people on the left would have just kept their fucking mouth shut. No, they would have been, they're like, yeah, power to the people. We got to, it's important for the state to have a role in infrastructure. They would just come up with some kind of fucking nonsense like that. Um, well, a lot of people, uh, um, sort of the social democrat, uh, folks they would say it's 
better to have the state-owned oil company rather than, uh, you know, the private stuff. Norway's got a billion dollar, got a billion dollars in their investment fund. It's because the state runs it. That would be their argument. Not Venezuela, though. <laughs> what about, um, so the, so I'm kind of interested in this idea of uh, the right in Canada and yeah. the left in Canada. Yeah. And so we, we touched, of, we touched on it in the fact that there's one, so there's, there's four leftist parties. Yeah. Federally, they all are basically. Would you, would you, where would you put? Now, SOCONs or social conservatives, they basically have no place to go other than the party that has conservative in the title. And as you saw with the Sloan thing, now, I don't really know too much about Sloan, but um, uh, obviously he's got SOCON qualities. Um, and for some of the mainstream nice Canadian conservatives, they don't like that kind of stuff because they think it makes them seem backwards or whatever. Yeah. So a lot of those people just kind of have to go into the conservative party because there's nothing else. Like the, the, the right was united, so there's no nowhere else to go. Yeah. Um, so they can pretty much be one, you know, millim millile or that one millimeter, one inch yeah. to the right of Trudeau. Yeah. And they've got the whole right snatched up. Yeah. Um, unless there's some alternative. Uh, now that basically means that wherever Trudeau puts himself is where, the federal conservative party puts itself. Yeah. And if Trudeau moves farther to the left, for example, then the so-called centrist yeah. conservative party yeah. will accompany him to the left. With the helmsman Aaron O'Toole. So then that makes the SOCONs ever more uncomfortable and greater liabilities. Yeah. They got to go. They have no home. The question is, do they, they don't even deserve a voice. Democracy is not for them. They got backwards. No, they might as well be Democracy fascists. doesn't work for minorities. They might as well be fascists. Look at, look at the indigenous peoples. Democracy so, doesn't work for them very well. So how come there hasn't been a movement to have a member of parliament uh, appointed for every tribe? That'd be interesting. Wouldn't that be fucking hilarious? One MP per tribe. They're but like, but we really don't want to increase the involvement. Like I'd fucking just man burn this shit. No, down. you don't want to increase the involvement in Parliament. You got to go the other direction. How do you prevent yourself from becoming an accelerationist? How do you stop yourself? I feel from... like I might be one now. Yeah, like all this lockdown stuff has kind of pushed me towards like right wing Leninism. <laughs> just. Well, have you ever felt more um, alienated from the general populace around you? Like having the foolish the general populace, perhaps, but for um, people with whom I'm a little more aligned, uh, it's the opposite direction. So you feel closer to the the people that aren't. In trying to destroy everyone's life with lockdowns. Okay. <laughs> so when you see a guy not wearing a mask, you're like, what's up, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe. This. Yeah. 
give him a pound, and give him a sweaty handshake. <laughs> yeah, mask. Fucking spit in his mouth. You gotta start wearing three masks. Three now. masks. Fuck three masks. Or I'm on to five, buddy. Well, I'm on to seven. Well, let's. How high do you want to go, buddy? I just live in a bubble. Do you do you think you lack virtue because you're not afraid? Uh, oh, I don't know. We're we're all afraid of something, I guess. But like, you should be afraid of COVID. I'm really not afraid of the virus. Do you think that means you're less virtuous than those who are? Uh, not really. You consider yourself a moral person? No, not really. No. No. How, how do you uh, assert anything as being correct if you don't consider yourself a moral individual? Um, well, I'm not saying I'm not necessarily hypocritical in certain regards. Okay. Uh, but anything that's true should stand for itself. And um, in any case, I'm certainly better than any politician because... I haven't heard anybody. Do you think identifying and associating yourself with, um, you know, observable truth makes you virtuous or moral? I don't understand the question. Uh, if you're just like, guys, this is what's right, and it just so happens to be right, do you think that makes you more virtuous or moral socially? If you're right on a question as big as this, yeah, that definitely gives you a leg up on everyone else. Do you, do you think that... Because you, this is an issue where you are not allowed to just casually make a judgment about it and be wrong. Do you, do you think that um, in pursuit of even the chance of saving lives, um, it is virtuous to um, request of a populace to uh, defer of some of their liberties of which the state uh, gave them to begin with? No, I don't accept the question. The state, uh, yeah, in case, if you look at our charter, it's the state gives us our liberties. In, in, so those, those are the rules. Don't care what's right. It's what's it's true, because that's the charter. Queen owns this shit. No, and she they gave, can't take away anything. The queen owns the land. God, God made the queen. These are right things. These are true. Because no. God said so. So, we've got this charter. Government gave you your rights, and they can take them away when it's important. And they said, this is important. So, in, by interfering with that, that makes you immoral. Unclean. Well, no. Look, the whole... Uh... The whole thing where it's like you don't care about people if you oppose the lockdowns is pretty much the stupidest, it's, it's, most dangerous way to have a debate about public health imaginable. It's because anybody who is against it sucks at framing an argument. They fucking suck at it. I've heard amazingly persuasive arguments against lockdowns and I haven't heard politicians basically ever make them. Well then why does everybody support them? They fucking love them. Well, that's they the that's the thing. It's interesting that you say that because there's a 
Even if it's a 50-50 split. Yeah. A, a lot of these polls, like I was looking at one of them and it was interesting because yes, it said like, would you support like stricter measures if, would you support stricter measures if it like reduced, you know, the bad consequences basically. Yeah. So what, what if it doesn't, would you support them then? Well, no. And then there's another thing. If, um, so the pollsters are in so the questions it. like baked into like, well, of course I'd support it if it worked. So then it's kind of a consequentialist issue. Uh, and the fact that it doesn't work, of course, never gets to these people, but then there's the other thing where, so yeah, they support more lockdowns or more measures if it, if it helps basically. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, when asked if they believe it's um people's civil rights should be denied to f fight the virus like most of them say no so it's it's incoherent they're apparently they don't put it together that there are rights violations involved in the lockdowns and then the question of whether lockdowns work is kind of like unspoken it's just assumed they work and it sure it is kind of intuitive or plausible. Yeah, lock people down, people spread the virus less. That's just not how it appears to work. Like there's so little evidence that the lockdowns do. But like the the idea of presenting people a problem that they didn't know existed and mangling it in such a way that they'll beg you the for the fucking, you know, solution to that problem that they never fucking had to begin with. Oh, it's a great racket. Yeah. But like, how do you protect, how do you protect these people? Can it be stopped? Yes, it can be. How? You don't even need the majority of the people. You just need 20%? five to 10% to like resist utterly. I think. I like think... the state can't fight large numbers of people not going along with it. It just, they just can't do it. So the average person who uh, is some who's both in favor of stricter measures if it leads to less deaths and also against trampling on civil liberties. When they observe a protest, what do you think their initial reaction is? It's disgust. Yeah, they hate those people. It's disgust. They hate the protesters. They're they like, you're them. killing grandma. Yeah. But that's entirely selective because, of course, it's very curious, as we saw, that some kinds of protests definitely going to spread the virus. Yeah. Other kinds of protests, definitely okay. So, Which if, we saw in um, kind of, uh, I police? guess, like police brutality riots in the U.S. Um, and racial justice. Like even Calgary had them and like, yeah, sure. Um, the treatment of like, basically you don't have the right to protest the right or having your right to protest being taken away in a sense. Um, like the lockdown stuff, which prevents like gatherings and such. Yeah. Uh, but you got to wear a mask. Yeah. So you can't, you're not allowed to do that. This protest is against wearing a mask. They're like, but you got to wear a mask. I don't understand. Like the, the law of contradiction kicks in so fucking hard that they can only react with disgust. You know what I mean? They're like, none of those people are wearing masks. And I don't think it's fair to compare it to, 
you know, uh, a bunch of uh, cooked up BLM fucking protests because people want to, you know, no one likes the idea of the cops fucking killing people. It seems really shitty, uh, especially, you know, wrongful deaths. And it's pretty visceral watching a dude fucking choke. It's not very fun. And they got to they gotta direct that angst somewhere, and this seems to be a, a good way to do it. Um, you know, most people just went home and beat their wives, but. <laughs> well, the, like, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. You could be protesting. Uh... I, I just don't think it's a contradict, like, it's a, it's hypocritical of, of other people to be upset about, but I don't believe it's, uh, like, I'm not upset about either of it. And I think that's the the position one should take and but i do think it's it it seems so fucking stupid to look at a anti-mask protest and be upset that they're not wearing masks yeah it's pretty funny you're like oh you're too close together what's uh oh you're spreading it to the hundreds of people it's like what if we all sign waivers and they're like oh but all the people you'll get sick you're like, what if I quarantine for ten days afterwards? I'm like, it's not just insane, not good enough. Look, it's 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 life. I I before all the live shows got shut down, I used to go to metal concerts. Yeah, I got sick four out of five metal concerts, man. Like, it's just life. Yeah, deal but, with it. Yeah, but this this kills everyone. Too kills everyone. Do you think the average Canadian? is willing to suffer and die for their freedoms. Did you say average Canadian? Yes. No. No? Obviously not. Do you think they value liberty and freedom? Uh, most of them, no. Do, they, do you think that they equate freedom with a lack of tyranny? Most of them, no. No? Wait freedom with a lack of tyranny yeah it's not that you're necessarily as free as you could be like anytime you go to vegas and you walk no, a lot walk, of them are so terrified of making a decision for themselves they would welcome tyranny maybe to, they'll welcome the trudeau tyranny or maybe they'll welcome the um i mean i don't know what else there is the jag meat tyranny i'd still have a beer or, with i don't care what you say i'd have a beer with that guy for sure I I honestly think he's like my least really? hated yeah. federal party leader. Same way I felt about Leighton. No, Leighton was trash. No, he's fuck a you. scumbag. How dare you, man? He was a scumbag like the rest of us. He got caught in a fucking rubbing tug down down Toronto and he got away with it. He fucking just slipped out the back. He's like, look, guys, I'm pretty important. I was just, look, a man has needs. Don't kink shame me. I like to pay people money for sex. That's my kink. They yeah, jerk. Jake, well, they jerk. Jake, they jerk me off, but they only use their forearms. That's how we get away with it in Thailand. Jack Layton. <laughs> Look, I'd have a beer with that guy for sure. Jack ha- Layton. Yeah. After he's been to his like I've, his massage parlor. Yeah, sure. I bet he's, that. I bet. He's to, I don't know. I would. But if Jag meet. And we're talking the leader of the NDP, so the horrible policies. Um, so if he's the least detestable, and I don't think I think he's like probably even 
I don't know if this is mean or whatever, but it is a politician. I think he might be dumber than Trudeau. <laughs> but for I, some reason, he's just the almost the least detestable. So his competition is what? Trudeau himself. Yeah. Aaron O'Toole, who was preceded by Andrew Shear. So these are the conservative leaders. The specter of like, Shear. Horrible. Shear was horrible. Who's... Aaron O'Toole is horrible. No charisma at all. Completely unlikable. Uh, and then Green Party. Uh, Green Party is like um, didn't she get disgusting? Bo- didn't she step down? Uh, yeah, I think so. So I guess we just have to refer. I think no. I think she still she stepped down as leader, but I think she still got her seat. If I'm not mistaken. And uh, Francois but Legault. But she's like this. Oh, uh, yeah. He drew. So, okay, hang on. The Green Party, she, I don't even know who the new leader is or what the deal is with yeah. that. But Elizabeth May is just a detestable, wretched, like alcoholic, disgusting politician. Yeah. How do you know she's an alcoholic? Because she's been busted like totally <laughs> inebriated on video like multiple times Did you have a dui or anything i don't know i i don't know i but I, then the block quebecois guy and he's just blanchet yeah i don't i don't really uh he's not very likable like i wish we had a weird regional party yeah. uh in there it's just I mean, no one cares, but so so can, Canadians. The Quebec, the Bloc Quebecois guy is just in there arguing for what he thinks is good for Quebec. I appreciate. And like it. he doesn't really have. If I was Quebecois, I'd fucking love him. I'd yeah, like, I I might too. Like yeah. I wouldn't agree with his ways to make Quebec better, but yeah, at least it would seem like. Sell more hydro to the U.S. Take more U.S. more Alberta bucks. But yeah, the it's the constant struggle. The West has very poor representation in the federal system. The year about the uh, the ex uh, Greater Canadian Gaming CEO who flew to the Yukon to get his COVID shot. Yeah, he's scandalous. Is that does that show your uh, really dedicated to? Uh, the COVID narrative. Yeah, people are really upset about it. And be like, look, if you thought Trudeau is basically you, come up with an entire like travel restriction scheme just to deflect all this criticism over the vaccine situation. Cause people are so like obsessed with these vaccines. Like obviously there's like 30 or 40% of the population who doesn't want it. Yeah. But for the people who want it, like I need the vaccine. Yeah. So like, can you really shit on that guy for, because he has the means to go and do it? I can shit on him for wanting the vaccine that oh. desperately. Okay. Then I think he's succumbed to the fear. Do you think all the NHL players are going to get vaccinated before everyone else again? Yeah, probably. Absolutely. Whatever. Absolutely. Like I'm the only reason I care is be is insofar as the people who want it will like get off our case if they get the damn. Thing. So the federal policy is that provinces and even municipalities are free to go and make their own deals. They're free to go and make their own deals for for vaccination amounts they can go and they're like yeah if you want to go and buy it go ahead we're not going to stop you you should probably stick with the federal program because we'll be able to purchase more but um so there's been two separate well think of kenny 
look at the politics here. Hang on, pardon the interruption, yeah. but um, yeah, exactly. So you get the you go through the federal government thinking it's like, oh yeah, perfect. What a great centralized system. And then they screw it up, of course. And then you get to blame Trudeau for all your problems. Because look what's been going on with Kenny and Shandro and all these press conferences. Are they like, we'd love to open up the economy, but Trudeau won't get the vaccines. Well, no, they kind of said that there's been, uh, they just said there's there's, there's manufacturing issues. Do you know what those manufacturing No, they've been blaming Trudeau. Politics is all about the uh, enemy. Uh, I, I've, I haven't seen the... I thought the Canadian Armed Forces were supposed to go and fucking get involved with this, weren't they? They're like, oh, we're going to get the army to go and distribute this shit. Like a bunch of... A bunch of oh, f- yeah. Like, stupid. Like, do, do you think... Because they didn't... They're not doing that. Do you think that they said that in order to comfort people? Yeah, I think I think some people think that sounds like wow, this is going to be amazing. The army's delivering it; they'll get it done. There's a lot of people who have uh, a lot of faith in the whole central. Even people who think the government sucks at most things, like yeah, the army's efficient. Yeah, they have to be, right? They have doctrines. They have doctrines. I don't call it military if I want to get a package from A to B. I call fuck it pure later. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know what people expect. People have way too high expectations of uh, Ottawa, especially, but any government. And on something on this kind of scale, like, of course, it's going to be a disaster. And Canada, everyone's making fun of them because they're, they, even as far as other government screw ups, ours appears to be the worst. Not only in terms of this vaccine procurement thing, which uh, is totally unsurprising to me, but also the economic performance where our debt has gone up the most and yet we've got the highest unemployment. So basically we're getting like the least out of the most indebtedness. I guess I'm at that weird age that I remember grainy video of, of thalidomide. Like, do you, you ever see those slit of my babies? Uh, yes. And approved. Good to go. And they're like, oh, we've come such a long way. And I was like, ah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, it makes me pre. I'm, I'm not even really opposed to the vaccine as such. Well, you, if you're, it's, if you're, it's these, but these ones are sketchy. And I think a lot of people agree who also are not generally opposed to vaccines necessarily. Do you think it's only crazy hippie people that don't want to get vaccines and right wing conspiracists? I think that's and a lot of them. Orthodox Jews. Uh, yeah, I think that's a lot of uh, the portion, but I mean, it's a huge percentage, like even in healthcare settings, it's. 30 Sometimes like 20, 30, 40% yeah, don't want it. Yeah, some big numbers. And general population, I mean, it seems like a lot of people don't want it on multiple sides, either because they think it hasn't been experimented with enough or they just don't like them in general. Um, some people, you know, would get some kinds of vaccines, but they wouldn't get a flu vaccine every year. And some people are kind of like thinking this is sort of in the same category, like they trust their own immune system more. Um 
the Cadillac of immune systems. It's a pretty nice immune system. It's amazing. Uh, wasn't there a lawsuit uh, for some nurses' unions uh, because they're being forced to take it and a lot of their members don't want to take it and they think that's like... I've seen that a lot over the years with uh, influenza vaccine requirements. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure there will be cases like that. Wouldn't you also make the argument that only the infirm would suffer any consequences from this vaccine and so they're accept acceptable casualties? Uh, you mean if, if you have a bad reaction to a vaccine, yeah. you're like an old person? Yeah. that it's, Or it's, old and infirm? Well, no, not just old and infirm. It's just like, look, if you're if if you're in that group uh, that dies from or or has some kind of horrible reaction to this, uh, it's of lesser consequence than the dead grannies that fill the stadium. Yeah, McMahon Stadium full of dead grannies. Uh, that if a bunch of uh, you know people that don't fucking matter uh, have weird side effects. You think that's that's an acceptable cost to save all those grannies? Well, I don't know. I guess not. I mean, do you think? I don't you, really do you think? Think in those terms. Do you think every child should have to get it in order to attend uh, public school? Uh, no. Why not? Because I don't think you should have to have like a. Um, a forced medical operation like that to use a tax-funded service when the level of danger is so low. If you're a proponent for um, total body autonomy, uh, then clearly you just, you know, you, uh, you're, you're, are you secretly an Orthodox Jew? Like what's... No, but I don't think you should have uh, a requirement to get injected. What about the immunocompromised kids? Everybody's got to look out for him. You know what? I didn't really know what was up with all that stuff. Um, I saw this. Uh, there was a there was some county or district or city or whatever, and it was in California, and they're uh, they were having some hearing, um, like input from the community about. Uh, having requirements of the public schools to have certain vaccinations. Yeah. And the number of people who came in who were doctors and just seemingly kind of regular parents um, who were totally opposed. Like I was shocked by the numbers and the different stories people had. Like it was basically just this big mob and they were all lined up to speak at the microphone for like, you know, um, they would only minutes. get like a few seconds, yeah. but, um, very quickly they'd be like, you know, immunocompromised situation or, um, all these doctors would come up and be like talking about, uh, patients who had negative reactions to them and stuff. And it seems like bigger than I would have thought. Like it was a lot of people. Yeah. So I don't think those people should be forced to do stuff like that. But the argument then becomes, well, we force people to get vaccinated to go to other countries or to come into the country. Do you think that that's unreasonable? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think she'd have to get a shot really to come into locations, but I think all that stuff should be, 
um, really decentralized and focused more on like specific problems. Um, this is the biggest problem of our entire age. What but it's not about? like, <laughs> no, to need to get uh, like a vaccine for this to fly or something is, or to have some vaccine passport to enter the country, I think is pretty ridiculous. Totally unnecessary. Have you been paying the attention to Trudeau's new, new kind of, I don't know why he gets to set these fucking laws or, it or just policies. makes it up. But like under what, by what mandate does he get to fucking say this? It's all administrative control. Uh, like the bureaucracy runs everything. Are we currently in a health like emergency federally? Yeah, probably. I don't even remember. It was declared. I don't know if it's ever been rescinded. Same thing with Alberta. Are we in a health emergency? That's that's what empowers the uh, Alberta Health Services to ask you where you're, where you're coming from, where you're going. How many- uh, they could have done that before. It's all politics when they declare it's an emergency. Yeah, it was back what November when they declared it. I thought the emergency not only empowered certain organizations, but allowed access to certain fundings and to operate under certain policies. Like when Nancy declared it for the city, he could just like show up and take your shit. He, he could go to a construction company and be like, you're doing this now. And they're like, no. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to jail and I'm getting your stuff. Yeah, it was crazy. He, I, he didn't. Let's, you know, I'm not saying that he did. I'm not. I'm just, that's a crazy amount of power. No, they have way too much power in emergencies. Emergency powers. Some people have said, like, all oh, the government has to use the its emergency powers. The federal government. People always say that when they're looking for money. Yeah, they want money and power. They have to declare power. a fiscal emergency and give fiscal my emergency. Yeah, we gotta give. We gotta. We gotta give these banks some money. I just want them to take the politicians out and like humiliate them publicly. Like, I don't know if it's tarring and feathering or whatever you got to do, but these politicians need to really apologize, beg forgiveness. You think they should have like a Japanese style thing where they have to have a press conference and put their forehead to the fucking floor, prostrate themselves. I don't know what it looks like necessarily in a concrete situation, because it's so alien to modern politics that they should be begging for forgiveness, whatever uh, that looks like. I would like uh, some uh, cultural revolution style shit where we uh, just jam to a chair in the town square and everyone comes up and fucking calls them a piece of shit. Is it the old Babylonian uh, thing where they, um, they take the king outside the city walls and strip him naked once a year and he has to like, confess how he's failed them <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that but that's trudeau trudeau does that all the time though i'm sorry i'm i'm sorry Ooh, he said sorry for blackface he said sorry for i don't know blackface i think uh, triple blackface incidents. He said sorry for what the Canadian government did to Indians. Oh yeah, we he he said sorry for the genocide. He said sorry for turning away boats of immigrants. Um, during World War uh, Jews, uh, World War Two. 
Apparently, we turned away a bunch of Jewish immigrants. Did he say sorry for elbowing the woman in Parliament? He did. I'm sorry. Oh, and did he say I'm sorry that she experienced it differently when he, like, (laughs) sexually (laughs) groped some woman? That reporter? No, he never said sorry for that. He never said. I. Uh, he just said she experienced it differently. You know he's a feminist, right? How dare you? That makes it okay. Yeah, I'm a feminist. So there was the the line of questioning that I had about uh, the average Canadian. Um, how uh, they hate liberty. Yeah, they f- like I think. <sighs> Do you think it's because they never had they they don't have a culture of having had to seek independence and liberty they were just kind of like the british gave up and they were like yeah we still sort of own you and you're you're part of this club that used to be colonies but you guys can kind of do your own thing um sort of but i also think they didn't um in some ways like say you look at aspects of the police in the United States um, or just the United States compared to most countries. Like it seems like we haven't had as much maybe confrontation with our government Hmm. um, over the years. Like it's been a little more like laid back Canadian style. Hmm. So maybe there's just a different level of trust. I also think we don't really have some of the other social dynamics that they do in the u.s so the average canadian having no fealty or loyalty or aspirations toward a state of liberty uh within reason because you've you've observed it like even today the 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 mundane act of going to a restaurant to sit down and eat a meal unmolested is is you're just kind of like wow the audacity of it you know it it's like when you go to vegas and you just walk in you know you just get a bottle of wine and a fucking cigarette and just walk around you walk into a business you're smoking they're just like hey what's up i'll take your money i don't fucking care they're like oh but what about secondhand smoke and they're like ah fuck them we got smoke eaters they're the best in the world doesn't matter they're gonna be fine you can smoke in here sir please come in no, it's weird to see a show on TV or something where uh, there's like 20 people in a room at a yeah. dinner party or something. You're like, whoa. Yeah. I forgot what that was like. No one, have you noticed no one's social distancing on TV? Wow. It's like, wow. It's like it's not a real representation of the world. It's strange. So they don't have any love, I would say, no love for liberty. That's always how it's going to be. But do you think, because uh, I, I have this hypothetical, or like this this example, that most Canadians, I think, just like those those kind of COVID trick questions, you go, would you die for freedom? And I think the because we're kind of cultural hand-me-downs from America, I think the average Canadian would say yes. Well, it depends. Uh, some people would have a different idea of freedom. Like they'd say, I'm free if uh, my health care is free. 
other people might say, uh, no, the so-called free government health care reduces my freedom. So, uh, okay. Then I'll so a lot of, would you, would you, if you put this to the people, would you die to protect your chartered rights and freedoms? Some people would probably say yes. I think the bulk of people would say yes. They think they would. They think they would. So the next question is, would you kill to protect your charter rights and freedoms? How many Canadians do you think would say, yes, I would fucking murder anyone that tries to take my freedom from me? Yeah, but you're, if you, ethically, if you're killing to defend like your fundamental rights, uh, and say that corresponds basically to your charter rights for the sake of argument, then you yeah. wouldn't really be murdering people. I said kill. Taking those I said, rights away. I said kill. Or you? Okay, so die and kill. I mean, not, that's, not, that's the not, eternal question. Not, like when? When is it? When is it justified to use uh, violence no, or force? Against? No, I'm going above that. I, not even about NAP and whether you're a fucking animal because you tried to kill me. Uh, the 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 idea that people concept like the thing itself that they perceive uh, as being their their freedoms, their ability to do as they choose free of consequence and molestation by the state. So that if they are infringed upon, they have avenues to rectify that it is not okay in any situations for these rights to be denied by anyone. So that's, I think most people just go like, yeah, I have the right to free speech. In in Canada, they, they think that. And they go, well, what about hate speech? And they're like, well, no, but that's that's not my speech. I don't say anything hateful. Like, not yet. So that's, so I, I think they have a conceptual idea of what their freedoms are under the charter. And I think they would agree that they'd be willing to die for it, but I don't think that they would agree that they'd be willing to kill for it. That's probably true. Why do you think that is? Well, even though I think they're very likely lying to themselves and deep down people could be turned into animals through political ideologies, um, where they will dehumanize the enemy and uh, their normal moral uh, compass will lose its strength. Um, I think in general, people would say they wouldn't do it because they just, uh, I don't know, maybe gentle at heart. Canadians seem pretty peace-loving, may almost pacifistic perhaps. Hmm. I think that's the fundamental difference between Canadians and Americans. I think if you ask the average American that question, two heartbeats, they got a, you get a fucking yep out of them. I think is the fundamental cultural divide that Canadians are not willing to kill to have, maintain, or extend their freedom. I mean, it's an interesting question because I don't think it ever gets put that way. You'll, the, would you die for this 
is yeah people seems under- like a pretty normal question but it never gets put as would you kill for this uh, other than like as a joke like oh man wouldn't you kill for a burger right now i'd kill for a burger i'd kill a i'd kill a politician for a burger right now you'll get banned for that in minecraft <laughs> the uh i think yeah people are just uh more likely to go for the passive um sacrifice like uh the buddhist who burns himself in the street versus the jihadi who runs into the building with a you know bomb strapped to him yeah people and i think that makes sense there's there's like this fear of um that i haven't really seen culturally in in a long time and and granted i didn't live through them but it kind of has that weird like 60s vibe of like weird it's like a weird small town gossip kind of thing applied on like a universal scale yeah like politicians are getting upset because uh of their follow like follower counts like it just seems so extreme it can't all be trump's fault do you, do you know what i'm saying like there's, yeah. there's well people need to get over it and go their separate ways like if people can't live together and get along then you just shouldn't try to live together it's that simple it's like a bad uh romantic relationship you gotta get out you got to get out if it uh, if you're that incompatible. Well, why don't you go start your own social media platform? No, I mean like just go start your own bank. No, just go start your own fucking government. How about that? Yeah. Go yeah, start. That would be awesome. Yeah. Why don't we just start doing that? Have a bunch of different governments pop up. But I don't want Alberta to separate from the fucking Canadian Union. Go start your own fucking government. They don't want to. It's uncomfortable. I have a Mercedes that I still have three years of payments left on. I don't want to leave Canada right now. It seems very, very dangerous. I have an affordable mortgage rate. The Bank of Canada. It sounds terrible and sticky and scary, but... Canadians don't value fucking freedom, so it won't fucking happen. So the question is, why did Quebec get so close? Was it about freedom? It was about spite. I don't know what it's about, but uh, there's enough of it in Alberta to get something out of it. I have, so I still don't, like you, you, you say that sentiment is rising, but I'm, I guess I'm just blind to it. I'm, I'm, so what is giving it's you It's not that? converting like, uh, an NDP voter to like Alberta separatism. It's converting, um, people generally on the right of Alberta that Canada is, you know, a dead end. Bad deal. It's a bad deal. Um, so within that part of the population, <laughs> it's more of that is shifting into the pro-separatist camp. 
and that and so that's why those i would say that sentiment is growing are you gonna cut and run you yella cut and run from canada yeah yeah leave them with their (laughs) debt you're gonna cut and run huh you're yella i knew it you no good the problem is ottawa like there's so many it's such a mess but uh it's i think especially with the absolute disaster Canada's finances are getting into that yeah. the argument gets even stronger um, against it. I always, although one of the funny things is we've got this equalization referendum coming up and the way things are going with the mismanagement of Kenny and his joke government and the total shambles of uh, the situation here, it's actually going to be Alberta, who's like a have-not province, and Ontario is going to be subsidizing the whole country. I think the surest way to get a uh, like that that equalization thing to go through, that referendum to go through, is to have Kenny come out on one side or the other. If he comes out and he's like, "I think we should leave," everyone in Alberta will fucking vote. He'll to stay. never say that. Yeah. So if he says, but "I think," the, but that's the referendum isn't isn't about that it's it's about equalization so it's some constitutional question but there there is no question like no one knows what it's going to be it's about kenny let's be honest he's presenting it and he's no it'll be like the david cameron brexit thing yeah he'll he'll be like i'm doing it because this is what albertans want and he won't publicly state an opinion other than he thinks like i think um, it's important that the the will of the people gets heard yeah and I mean, in general, you got to be careful. Uh, some people want like, oh, there should be referendum. Like it should be easier to get like a state or a citizen sponsored referendum. But I don't know, like, uh, I'm afraid of what some people might vote for. Like but... California? Yeah. Uh, votes to repeals are always good. Yeah. That like never happens. Yeah. Nothing gets repealed. Nothing. Stuff just gets piled onto more stuff. They got a lot of lawyers down there to get and stuff And then the done. bureaucracy takes it and writes a thousand times the regulations yeah. to go with like one piece of legislation. Well, it's, the law is complicated. Listen to your uh, legal class. And we got to have the politician, the political class kind of guide us. Because you guys are plebs and don't know what the fuck you're doing. They don't even do all that much in the end. Like... It's pretty clear the bureaucracies run everything. And they, these, you know, the different governments come and go, but the bureaucracies stays the same. And they're there for 20, 30, 40 years. They can wait out any individual government. It's great. Do you think that Donald Trump was the reincarnation of Gaius Gracchus? No. No? He's the tribute of the plebs, dude. No. He's the tribute of the plebs, and they cut his head off and threw it in the fucking river. No. No? He's a totally unique phenomenon in history. I think he's a shyster. Yeah, he's a a shyster, like all politicians. Yeah. He's just... He's just a... Does he shyst your way, or does he shyst some other way? Yeah. No, I just... In general, you're always going to lose to the political shyster. I think we're going to look back on that as the most amazing thing to ever happen in fucking... It was amazing. It was hilarious. It was bizarre. It was uh, uh, interesting. It exposed a lot of interesting truths about how 
the government works and how the media works. Yeah. I think it was quite uh, quite interesting. Do you, do you think, do you continue week on week to think that Twitter and Facebook will eventually lead to the complete degradation of society? Do you have an OnlyFans account? No, but I spend approximately $5,000 a month on OnlyFans. Your money or your uh, wife's boyfriend's money? Uh, I stole my parents' credit card. <laughs> Uh, OnlyFans aside, because uh, I, whenever I think of Instagram, I think of OnlyFans because it's one step from Instagram to OnlyFans. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a it's a quick run, but I mean, you know, look, you're you're only pretty for so many years, so fuck it, get money, like get paid. I mean, it's not my business, but um, the I we gotta get rid of it. We gotta get rid of it, dude. Someone's got to make the decision. Nobody has to make the decision. People have to, like, get a hold of themselves. They're not gonna. Of course they will. This is the only time I've become despotic in the Some people are gonna descend further and further into trash, but good people uh, are opposed. What if I could just keep those people that are opposed from getting together, like, you know, away from churches and bars and any kind of social environment that wasn't on Twitter or Facebook. What if I could get those people to stop hanging out together? You can't. What if What if I showed up and gave them tickets and made them afraid? You can't. They'll hang out anyway. <laughs> I, I, I haven't been hanging out. People are breaking the rules all over the province. Awesome. Yeah. But, like... I don't think it's in order to form men can, like dissent. Just getting together to have a good time is dissent. I guess, but it's not marching in the streets for anti-mass stuff. It's not like, and those, those were all organized online. So if I can just keep those people from organizing, you know, it can't be done. Yeah. No, people are going to become way smarter in the post-Trump world. Have you seen, people are now discussing alt-tech as a like a thing. They're like, shit, we're, only, we're not using this shit anymore. We're using Signal. Come join my Signal group. Or uh, people have, uh, I, I have a Gab account. Uh, I don't follow anyone. I don't ever use it, but I have a Gab account just because it's, the the guy who owns it is fucking badass. Like he's he's a Orthodox Christian. He gives zero fucks. He said yesterday, he said, uh, hey, if you're a reporter and you want to do an interview with me, the answer is no, unless your publication is a Christian mag like Christian organization, like an avowed <laughs> Christian organization. I was like, oh fuck yeah, dude. That's I mean, good for you. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of like using the existing systems to spread propaganda that those existing systems absolutely hate and makes them see. Like, just imagine these employees seeing all this, all this fake news like flying around, or like hurtful ideas, or uh, is that like when you put CNN headlines beside one another? Yeah, stuff like that. Like anything that undermines the uh, the cathedral. 
the dissonance on the tool on the approved tool of the cathedral because they put no value in it to begin with they somehow uh, attach value and also negative value at the same time so when they see those headlines put side by side they just go yep that's just how it is yeah it doesn't it doesn't fix anything Mm. memes are the best way to get that done and unfortunately i don't there's there's no there's no wake up people fucking memes and and if they are they're cringe as fuck so they're not proper memes no people people just need to take action on their uh local levels in any ways they can it's like if you can't become like the town dog catcher you're not going to become like member of parliament yeah you like all these people asking for money for like these federal new federal parties or new provincial parties and it's like they got nothing tell me about the wild rose i don't know anything about it what are they doing what do they still exist as a party the wild rose independence party exists as a party in alberta um they basically just formed out of that merger and it's a thing. It's like the only really party that's, I guess, to the right of the UCP. I don't think they have a leader. They just have an interim guy. I think they had a convention like a few weeks ago, uh, some online convention or meeting or AGM or something. Uh, if it's online, in my opinion, it doesn't count, but I guess that's all they got. And I, I don't really know where it's at now. But I think some UCP people are going to bail. Would you recommend people get involved with the Wild Rose Party? Well, it's the new party is the Wild Rose Independence Party. So if it is a provincial separatist party, then yes. To to what end? So how would someone who's your average Albertan who's he's got fucking bills to pay or maybe they're unemployed and they got nothing better to do in which case they probably should because it's the only party that's explicitly for independence and anti-lockdown and those are the only two issues that matter right now they override basically every other issue at the moment what's compel like what is a compelling reason of for personal uh reasons like they're like man that's a lot of it's a lot of people to me and it's a lot of, I got to go to these fucking meetings and they send me emails and they're always trying to raise money. And you know, like what, what, well, I don't know. Everyone's specialty is different. So I don't know where everyone can make a contribution. I, that's just maybe one Avenue. Um, how, how do you take a average Albertan and put them and, and make them appreciate or understand or, or gently nudge them towards you don't get the average Albertan. You don't give a shit about convincing the average Albertan. You're going for the hardcore and de- like deviations from there. Without a leader, it's real hard. No, they need a good leader. It's absolutely critical. But it's just like I I would be I'd be among that five to ten percent. Because I, I am pretty pretty outspoken about you know what I think is right. Uh, but I look at that and I'm just like, fuck, that's a lot of, that's a, that's a fat horse to tie my fucking cart to. Like, it seems rough. Yeah. It's a lot of work and, um, I don't have all the answers, but 
Because there, there, there's going to be- You can't a, fight something with nothing. There's Okay. That's a really good argument, actually, I believe. It, it's it's a couple steps up from better than nothing. Um, But yeah, you have a- you have an avenue to pursue to uh, enforce your will. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the current form of this newly arisen sort of Wild Rose Independence Party is like the way to go in the end, but it's there right now and that's its explicit uh, position on the matter regarding the whole uh, relationship vis-a-vis Ottawa. Now... They're also, um, the leader has also been expressing anti-lockdown positions, and that too is also critical. So those two things alone um, makes that party clearly superior to all the other options, at least as far as the political side of things right now. I think the the greatest argument would be if you... uh... If you swing to the right and uh, uh, you don't like Jason Kenny, this is your only fucking show. You also need a um, an upheaval in the cities. Like the big cities need to get basically their city councils purged and get some hardcore dudes in We're there. We're on our way here in Calgary, I think. I think there's going to be a big changing of the guard. I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. Do you care to make a wager? Mm, I'd have to figure it out a little more first. Does Nenshi run for re-election? It seems like probably I'm leaning towards no. Really? Um, I think sometimes you want to go out on a high, and I don't think anyone's going to want to clean up the mess that's waiting for them. It's a pretty big mess. He's going to say he's tired. The Edmonton guy, he's bailing. Oh, really? Yep. There's uh, an old oil field services guy who's going to run for mayor. I forget his fucking name. Um, well, there's a bunch of different people running for uh, counselor positions and the mayor position. Um... I think there's only like two or three candidates for mayor at the moment, maybe four. There's a big uproar because one of the uh, one of the council members fucking uh, had a, a giant legal battle against some Kensington family for defamation. Came to like two hundred grand of fucking legal fees. Yeah, and she gets to build a city, just like Nenshi's gonna build a city for his new uh, slander lawsuit. Didn't he? Didn't he fundraise for that? No, this is a new one. A new one. What do you say now? Um, so apparently there's two people on council who like blew the whistle against him because he said something uh something like he called it's basically the same thing. Like he implied somebody was a mobster or something. Oh no. Uh, but it was outed by like two count city councillors, from what I understand, are the whistleblowers, so they can't be identified. So it's weird, but I don't know. Apparently, that's what's going on. It's fascinating. The city can't afford shit. They got alone, no money. Let alone a legal scandal. No, usually it's like 99% of property taxes are paid, and now it's currently at like 91%. Yeah. it's The ARB is in some shit. They have no money. They uh, recently had to comply with a uh, 
like a provincial mandate, so the ARB's like all fucked up. Oh, and there's what's our vacancy rate downtown? Like thirty. Thirty percent. It's thirty. Thirty. It's off very the, high. Off the top, billions of dollars, just gone. Oh yeah. See you later. No, the, there's no room to be losing money. They've been spending all the money at all times. Dark times. Uh, but they say they're not going to have to like raise the taxes, but they, they're just targeting some people with nasty assessments. Like There is some, yeah, absolutely. My, my assessments on my properties have been reasonable. Yeah, in some communities it kind of stays stable, but they've, tar- <laughs> they've targeted <laughs> specific groups like... Yeah. Um, Upper class neighborhoods with like flood exposure have been just nailed with assessments. Perfect. Um, See you later, Kensington. Businesses have just been hammered. Oh yeah. Um, it was last year. Uh, there was a couple. Remember that gas station put their property tax value right on their fucking sign. Yeah, that was awesome. Fucking awesome. What a disgrace! They just take so much money and you get crap, dude. It's terrifying. That like I. I think I'd fucking kill myself with somebody. And you know what? Here's something interesting. My neighborhood has a special levy. It's like an extra 23 bucks a year or something that goes on the property tax. Yeah. And it's for like landscaping or whatever. It's for some community need. But why can't all of it be like that? No. I would have way more influence over money being got like taxed and spent in my neighborhood than i do with freaking city council we got to subsidize these outlying areas oh the the bron county special oh fuck that guy bron county was the worst absolute worst almost as bad as nenshi <laughs> every government just gets worse i we're all just waiting for Godot, man like it's just not you got to be in for the long haul and be committed on like a moral level. Otherwise, it's too disheartening and you're not going to have any easy short-term victory. So that's what everyone wants. They want the revolution today. They want like a huge change tomorrow. I want to I want to go and give a Pepsi to a, a bunch of jackbooted thugs while I protest during my revolution. That was the greatest commercial I've ever seen. Art. This was just so hilarious like putting like a, tacky it's like putting a daisy in the uh fucking national guards fucking rifle i just uh it's just funny the way corporations try to co-op like these social uh these social movements like remember remember all the like mailing list stuff that came out every time the something bad happened it it was uh like George post George Floyd BLM stuff and like corporations were all just like racing to get out these really hollow proclamations yeah. about how dedicated they were to black lives, whatever social yeah. justice and racial justice. And you don't want to see it when you sign into uh, Call of Duty. It's just it seems really. Do you know what's interesting? The correlation between. Um, because if you go on Google Analytics and look at uh, searches um, after um, Occupy Wall Street 
uh, and you look at the mentions of LGBT or anything like that in New York Times articles. Yeah, it went up like crazy. Yeah. As soon as Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street, like disappears, all these banks uh, all have uh, pride parade floats. They all have uh, pride um, logos. Um, like, what's the harm? Well, I, none, I guess. But it, it, it's thrown, I believe it's in order to throw you off the scent that they're fucking bilking the government of your money with fucking handouts and they're all cronies and they're trying to keep the ship afloat. Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, I think that's true. If, uh, I, I've not, uh, asked any listener cause I'm assuming there's maybe 10, uh, to post any, uh, CBC content that is worthwhile of, because we we went on a hunt to try and find uh, Canadian po- uh, political content on YouTube. Very little. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's be- like I even tried like uh, like a fresh browser. I even tried on a, a fresh device to make sure there was no fuck up. Uh, and the only Canadian content uh, aside, like is actually okay. There's there's the post millennial, uh, and there's JJ. Right. Yeah, right. and there's almost nothing else. There's, uh, I think there's a guy JJ criticized in a video, but so I forget what it is. It was a French guy, and they're buddies. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, no, JJ's fucking awesome. He's right? pretty good. Yeah, I like him. Kind of like an ordinary. He's just a bro. Fellow. He's just a guy, just a lad, just a fella. And uh, yeah, there's nothing else. So the only thing we can actually properly react to. Uh, is, you know, because there's no 10, 10 subscriber channels to also go and have a fair fight with. Uh, we just got to go after the CBC. Yeah, that'll work, though. So anybody who has a uh, really trash CBC, uh, I, I would love for. Uh, I don't watch it like so I'm not really aware yeah, of what I want. I want some clips are CBC editorials. I want those turned into videos so I can fucking shit. Oh yeah, we could just go through an editorial paragraph by paragraph and rip it to trash. Oh my god, I have the one. I have the one. Did Uh, I tell you about it? There's a bunch of different ones that I can think of. Oh no, there's a fucking perfect one. Where is this shit? This fucking cunt. (laughs) I think I know the one. Uh, I'll uh. Oh come on. Oh, yeah, this fucking bitch. Jen Gerson. I know exactly the one. In the CBC, written uh, January 21st. This was uh, shortly after Biden canceled the Keystone XL pipeline by Fiat. Calgary, opinion piece. Hey, Alberta, how's it going so far? Yeah, it's if, horrible. If you go back and look at her articles, they're all just like in praise of Notley. Like she loves Notley. Yeah. But like, you know, yeah. Uh, I think this is probably the proper method and venue for you to criticize the uh, kind of political direction. And I'm no friend of Kenny's. However, uh, I, this is written in a fucking tone. 
It's it's that, most of it is victim blaming. Yeah. I, I read it. There was a few parts where I was a hundred percent kind of on board, even though for different reasons. Like yeah. basically, I agreed with something she said, but coming at it from a different angle. Um, but it's like it's like, well, what were you wearing that night? Yeah. This well. To be fair, it's like the Ron Paul meme. This is the future you chose. And she's just fucking being like, you know, you got what you fucking wanted. You get what you deserve. But it's not entire. It's not really self-inflicted. That's the thing. Like for all the stupid things we've done to ourselves with our own stupid, corrupt governments, like the PCs, then voting for Notley who causes a lot of damage on top of that. Now we've got Kenny just doubling up on Notley. Um, all that's on us. Like we need, we have a huge mess we have to clean up for ourselves. But on top of that, we have a completely unjustified level of interference with our own affairs. When supposedly Confederation is supposed to work a certain way, but it's clearly a one-sided relationship that involves like a a real systematic expropriation of the province's wealth and control over its own affairs. Well, it's your own fault. And well, no, that's, that's the thing. That's That's not Alberta's fault. Ottawa's interference is not on us. Yeah. Well, she's just saying like, look, Kenny decided to fucking spend all your money on magic beans and someone fucking took it away. Yeah, and that's irrelevant. That's like the so-called whataboutism. Like, yeah, we know Kenny's an idiot. Yeah, we know the Alberta government is a joke. But at the same time, that doesn't justify or excuse the way Ottawa abuses Alberta. And frankly, that's what it is. Her argument is that things would be much better if Notley wasn't charged and we hadn't elected Jason Of course she thinks that. Yeah. It, It would clearly stop ottawa from expropriating and clearly because they're friends she throws in her article um that oh i agree that alberta has been treated badly (laughs) yeah i mean you know rape is a serious issue so some numbers (laughs) i was looking at the other day what were you wearing Numbers I was looking at the other day from 2009 to 2017, I believe, is the range. I might have it, might not have the exact years, but it's roughly this. The average Albertan taxpayer over that time forked over 70,000 net contributions. So that's like hundreds of thousands of dollars for a family. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a lot of money. And then you think, well, Atlantic Canada gets the equivalent of like 50, I thought. Just a massive amount of its whole GDP basically comes from these transfers. And it basically works out to every person in Newfoundland basically gets a house. Yeah. And they want Alberta to pay up. They got it. And we already have. But everyone just wants more. What's in your pockets? Come here. What do you got on you? Fork it over. Come here. Hey, nerd. Give me your shit. Give me your shit, you fucking nerd. 
Anyway, it's pretty bad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if anybody, uh, there's, there's plenty of CBC. The thing is they CBC doesn't have the op-ed all that much. They used to have, uh, Rex Murphy, you know, trot is his, his sweet newfie. I think cor- they still have that Don Pittis guy. Yeah. Who's that guy? He's a buffoon. <laughs> I think he's supposed to be their straight talking common sense guy. He's their no, not he, he's their Don Cherry. No, <laughs> he's their every no, man. He, no, he's like, he's like the voice of. Is he the, the doc? Is he the Doctor Phil of of CBC op eds? Straight Talk Express. Is he Maverick? No, he's he's like the common sense guy at the CBC lunchroom. Oh, okay. Like, so his idea of common sense is pretty narrow within a certain worldview. Okay. And, um, we'll just tax him more. Is that, that's his common sense answer to shit? Uh, it's pretty bad. Uh, just it's, provide it's been a long time. I don't know if he's still around, but, uh, you could always look forward to how bad his next call. Okay. We'll, we'll make a small effort to, uh, find a CBC article to react to. Otherwise we'll have to pay. Uh, we'll just go on Fiverr and get somebody to read that chick's fucking article. <laughs> we'll get it. <laughs> no, there's a whole bunch of them. They're easy to find. Yeah. It's just, it's so much easier with video because then we can pause it and fucking shit on it. Yeah. I don't want to sit there and fucking read it because I would... Uh, I, I fear, uh, that my ability to deliver it in the manner in which other people may perceive it would be too, too drastically different and do it in a cunty voice or Karen voice. <laughs>